Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Locked On Bulls. On today's episode, we got P-Kids stepping in for Pat, and we'll be breaking down the biggest so, disappointment so far with the Chicago Bulls season. Is the front office just delaying the inevitable and needs to go ahead and blow everything up? And who has the most trade value currently on the Chicago Bulls team? We'll break it all down and more right after this. You are Locked On Bulls, your daily podcast on the Chicago Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Chicago? Welcome to another episode of Locked on Bulls. We are joined by Mr. P-Kid himself, one of the hosts from the Windy City Breeze. What's going on, kid? Man, I appreciate you having me, man. It's, it's a pleasure. Let's, uh, let's talk about this dumpster fire of Chicago Bulls. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, it's, it's, it's wild, unfortunately, man. So the Chicago Bulls have started off quite bad. I think we said at two and five on the season right now. We do face the Utah Jazz today. Um, this was a season that coming in, Bulls talked about changing the shot profile, talk about wanting to play with more tempo, move the ball a little bit more. And those things have happened to a small degree, but the results have stayed the same. So, kid, throwing it over to you, man, when you look at the Bulls season so far, what has been the biggest disappointment to you so far? I don't think the pickups that AK made, specifically Carter, had to, has had the impact that he – what that we all thought it would like realistically mm -hmm. when we picked him up we thought hey maybe we have this veteran who could come in he can knock down a three but maybe he's our starting pg and get things over that was the one thing i looked at i was like he was never that guy yeah and clearly now even though he's had decent games from a shooting perspective i'm not going to take that away from him it's kind of picked up from that um what we really need and clearly like what we need is still missing and we can mm -hmm. only keep saying the old oh, Lonzo Ball, Lonzo Ball. Lonzo, that that ship sailed. He ain't played ball in like four years. Like, <laughs> let that go. Right at that point, that let's let's stop holding on to that. AK's had yeah. enough time to kind of write that ship, and we've seen flashes of that even with Patrick Beverly. So my biggest disappointment is I don't think Javon Carter, even now after seven, six, seven games, is the the person we need for that. And I don't think Kobe White's a point guard. I don't see yeah. that working in that regard. So the biggest this was uh this was disappointing for me is the continuity aspect without making major changes from that one position just doesn't work for me. I and I agree with that. I think uh I, I talked about this over on Central for a little bit. I said that uh it feels like AK and Eversley have taken that brief 35 game glimpse that we had, which was a great glimpse of us playing with Lonzo, and they've just held on to that so much that they're just like, let's just get back to that, let's just get back to that. <laughs> And it's like Lonzo's such a unique point guard that it's, it's it's very few players that can step in and just replicate what he's going to be able to bring. And right. I think that like that inability to kind of move off the type of team that we that we were then and try to just get back to that is just mm -hmm. put us in this hole where it's like it's just not going to happen. And to your point, I love Kobe and I like the the growth Kobe's made and Absolutely. he can play point guard, but he's not a point guard, so to say, yeah. right? And Javon Carter coming around a little bit better, playing better, really kind of finding his spot. But I still don't think he's quite that either. So I definitely agree with you on that one, too. It's like, I, I, I don't know, man. And I, I think until AK is ready to make some, some find some tough answers to some tough questions, we're just going to keep treading water here, man. And, and then it kind of goes back to, I, it sounds like we say the same thing every time, but it's like it's yeah. there. Coaching. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to yeah. harp on this because, again, I think we do have the talent. I mm -hmm. think 
we have the talent and the people we could use to have a better record. I'm not going to say it's going to be Lonzo Ball, Zach Levine type is thing, right? But I think we have the talent there in a lineup that exists there. Mm-hmm. But Billy Donovan's way of trying to go through and find that just doesn't seem to work, in my opinion. Now, what, what's your thoughts on that? I, I'm, I don't want to go too far off topic with that, but I, no, I kind of like, do you feel where I'm coming from with that one? I do. Like, the Billy Donovan thing is just like, his, the issues with Billy Donovan are always going to be the issues with Billy Donovan, right? Like, mm-hmm. not the, like, we we saw Billy take out Javon Carter when he was hot, like it, it, several times, right? It's just, like, what is it's he like, doing? I don't, I don't understand how you you don't know how to ride the hot hand or don't understand how to balance rotations, yep. and that's the one of the biggest failings of continuity. The whole point of keeping continuity on the team is that the coach understands that talent so well that he can utilize them better. We're still talking mm-hmm. about the same things we talked about when this team first came together three years later with, with a, from a coaching aspect, and that's a big problem too. So my question now is this AK's is AK's biggest adjustment going to be what he does with coaching first. Mm. Uh, and I know Pat is always of the elf that, Hey, Billy John is going to be here for 10 years. I think yeah. we're in a new age of NBA. I think we're in a new age of sports period. I don't think you, you're going to see that too much longer because everyone has a platform. Everyone's a little more vocal. You can mm-hmm. hear some of the tremblings that kind of exist when it comes to how they're led in that respect. And that kind of yeah. always boils down to coaching. And so eventually something has to shift. Um, you know, my question is now, do you think AK is going to sit there and pull the trigger on that first? Because I would you would you agree we have the talent that exists here for us not to be so disappointed? Yeah, I think we, we have the talent to be a playoff team. I don't think anybody's gonna make the argument we have the talent to be championship caliber, right? But we have talent here, mm-hmm. but you have to use and 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 balance that talent. And Billy Donovan isn't that, but I'm gonna counter back to your point. Like, I don't even know if it's an AK decision anymore. Billy Donovan, when mm-hmm. he said what well, is two media days ago. I talk to or text Jerry Reinsdorf every day. That's when I was like, hey, man, he might be here for a minute, bro. <laughs> hey, I got the plug. Don't worry about it. Exactly. <laughs> it was oh, we, got man. The job, we got the bag secured on job front. Because <laughs> we've seen it before, right, with like, uh, like, and not, it's a different degree. John Paxson won championships here, so it was a different level of, you kind of understood why Jerry Reinsdorf loved Pax so much, but like, we, it took Paxson to be able to go to ownership and say, hey, I don't know what I'm doing anymore for them to fire. Mm. And so I worry if that's the same. Keep in mind, too, like, Billy Donovan's extension hasn't even kicked in yet. We don't even know how much it's for. So I, I wish I could get with you and say that I hope AK makes a move off coaching because I do think that's probably the first move that should happen. I don't mm-hmm. know if I necessarily trust that it will, though, if that makes sense. You well, what, what, when you put it that way, man. Hey, listen, <laughs> you—he's texting his boss's boss. Exactly. I don't know what to make of that one. So I mean, you got—you got a point there. Um, I think it would be kind of remiss of me to, and even you to even say this. Uh, is is despite our record and everything else, should Patrick Williams be the biggest disappointment? So that was, that was going to be honestly the next question I give you, and I think yes. And I know that people are going to say, well, P. Will's role was never X, was never Z, and I agree with that. I don't think he, his role was mm-hmm. to score 16 points per game, but the fact of the matter is this, is that for a team that hasn't changed much, one of the things that you're relying on is your young players to improve. P. Will has taken another, has taken a step back. The one thing you could bet on him last year, he was going to shoot the ball, three ball effectively. He's shooting the three ball at 12% on the season. I mean, That's it's disappointing. Only, it's man. only eight games, though. 
<laughs> 82 of them joints. It's only eight games. I mean, you got I gotta be the voice of reason for those who are still riding for him, you know. Gotta give them a good old try. Hey, you know? I remember one of the first times me and you ever got into a conversation. Man, your, your uh, mic just went out, bro. Oh, my bad. I don't know what happened. But I was saying one of the first conversations me and you ever kind of got into a back and forth with a debate about was Patrick Williams. So hearing you kind of kind of trying to defend him now is a little wild. <laughs> I mean, I mean, hey, listen, I got to his. You know, the funny thing. Yeah, uh-huh. it's not as if he can't develop. You know what I'm saying? That's like, true. yeah, I, I, I don't want to be that person that this is the one thing I've always hated about sports talk. We label players and it, they get stuck with this label and it carries with them for the entire career. We never allow them to grow or change. And so I don't yeah. want to, you know, it's all in, it's all in jest normally when I say that. And, you know, I remember that conversation. That was wild. Yeah. But like <laughs> in, in all actuality, you just got to be realistic. It's OK yeah. if he's not he's not him. Yeah, he's still an NBA player. It's still he's still a, he was a starter on an NBA team. Now, I know that's yeah. like, you know, that's kind of like cherry picking that or whatever whatever <laughs> phrase i'm supposed to be but you get what i'm saying it's like but like still like he made the nba yeah but that doesn't mean that he's him amongst his peers that doesn't mean that he's going to make that leap and it may not be this particular team we've seen people go to other teams and be in different situations and their career kind of blossom and evolve yeah i just look at the reality he wasn't that in college mm-hmm. he was drafted too high and when you get drafted that high you have high expectations yeah when you're top 10 you're supposed to be him you're supposed to show me you're him. Unfortunately, that ain't what we've been seeing. And when yeah. you go out there and he's now he's done it to himself because now he's asking for money. And yeah, I that, find that, it, that I find it interesting. really interesting that everybody that was riding with P Will, they turned their they start <laughs> turning on the moment money got involved. Yeah, yeah. I think what P Will just comes down to, we know that he has there, there's something there, right? The superstar level, the Kawhi comparisons, all that's gone now. He he hasn't he hasn't shown that nearly. But at this point now, Pat has to show that he's going to be uh, be able to be a consistent player at the NBA level or any level. And so, you know, I will say two games so far coming off the bench looks better, right? And that may be his role. But the problem is, you didn't draft somebody fourth overall to be pretty good coming off the bench, right? Like that's a fact. So that's a fact. We'll we'll think- hope, man. <laughs> Go ahead. Do you think I right, let me cut me off if I'm going too far over? But do you think that this is more along the lines of the system around him? Because Kawhi Leonard may not have been Kawhi Leonard if it wasn't for the people he was on. He was around a championship caliber people. Yeah, he ain't got that here. So do yeah, you think I mean, it's more it, it, that could be the case? I'm trying to be a play devil's advocate. No, I'm trying I, to give I, him some hope. You know, be a part because Kawhi went to a team and a coach that was that was had a plan for his development. Pop yep. explains the way that he wanted to develop Kawhi very eloquently, and so I think he also had players at that time that were veterans that said, "Okay, yeah, we're gonna start empowering the young guy here." Zach Levine and Demar, Demar, it will empower you mentally all day long. But guess what? They ain't giving up too many shots for nobody. That's a so, fact. <laughs> they ain't giving up too many shots for nobody. But uh, we in the air. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Next up, we're gonna be board. talking about. Uh, you know, if are, are is the front office delaying the inevitable by not going into a retool or a rebuild sooner rather than later? But before we get into that, I gotta talk to you guys about one of our sponsors, and that is Game Time. You shouldn't have to worry about when you're buying your tickets to your next event. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. With killer last-minute deals and all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. 
uh, Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind when you purchase. They're obsessed with finding ways to help you save money on tickets. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and even an hour after it starts. It's the place to find last-minute tickets. Find exclusive flash deals and sponsor deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. With zone deals, you pick the section and Game Time picks the seats for an average of 18% savings. And the Game Time guarantee means you'll find the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off Game Time. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. All right, kid. The toughest question right now, man, um, and it's a question that we've literally been hearing, man, me and you being you know, Bulls content creators for probably two and a half, literally, probably since the moment Lonzo went down. It was, yep. should the team go uh, rebuild? Should they retool? When you look at this roster, do you think there's enough to salvage here to where retooling could save it? Or are you more leaning towards the side of kind of a rebuild? If you're not going to change coaching, then yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to sit there and say, that I'm not a Billy Donovan fan like I used to be, simply because of just just the way that we've seen him utilize it. We kind of talked about it in the last segment. Just some things just don't make sense. And I almost yeah. feel like him and Luke Getz, he's kind of share game plans at times. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so like, I don't get it. Like, you know, clearly they, they, they anyway. But so, yeah. like, realistically, if you're going to ride with, with Billy Donovan at the helm, then, yeah, you're probably going to sit there and retool. I think Billy Donovan is really good for, extra, like, really young talent. Mm-hmm. I give him that nod. I don't know if he's good at leading a group of veteran individuals to a championship. He's never done it for one, but we mm -hmm. haven't seen that he could. We haven't even seen that. Like, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I haven't seen him do that uh, unless he's had like a generational talent next to leading that charge. And even then it wasn't championship caliber, but I mean, you can make a lot of excuses for it. So ultimately, yeah, they are delaying the inevitable it, it, realistically. And it, it's, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I want to sit here and say, okay, see, he just had Paul George and, and, and Russ, but I, I, I've been corrected on that. Am I wrong on that? I think he had one season of KD, right? Let me I see. I don't think let he had KD me, at all. Yeah. He had, so he did. He had one season of KD in the 2015, 16 season when they won 55 games. Okay. Yeah. So that they, they made it to the conference finals that year. They lost in the conference finals. And then that's when. Uh, they moved on to uh, having a having a different makeup of the roster there. If but I I vaguely remember this. That all right? Let's 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 just call a spade a spade. It's still uh -huh. two generational talents on the same team. Yeah, for we sure. Ain't got that. Yeah. <laughs> like we ain't got we ain't got KD walking through that door. Like I ain't, I'm sorry, it's just not working. K, 2015 KD was a monster. They had mm -hmm. Russ. Mr. Triple Double himself was a yeah. monster. We don't have that type of talent in in on this particular squad that will sit there and muscle you through some of these mistakes that I think he makes as a coach. Uh, and at the same time, we, I don't think we have the same supporting cast. That team That's was a young well. team that yeah. supported each other in ways that the Chicago Bulls just don't. And it's just a totally different dynamic. And I don't, I just don't think he's the right voice for that. And so now it's, yeah, you're delaying the inevitable by doing this, but it could also be AK's master plan because if you look at what he did with Denver, Denver went through a lot. Um, and I, I've said this on uh, the Windy City Breeze. 
there was a time in which people thought that they should have moved off of certain pieces even in Denver before it became what it became, you know? For and they sure. rolled with continuity. And so it's one of those things where it's like they were kind of mid, then they were like always in the hunt, but you never thought they were a championship team. Like, like realistically, up until the last couple of years, did you really think that Denver would be a championship team? Yeah, no. I mean, I, you, 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 you could see a path to that, right? But I think I always looked at Denver as being the they got to find the right matchup in the playoffs, and then they could definitely get there. But, you know, they they excelled and they grew from that. They have really good coaching on top of that. And something I just looked up and looking at this uh, thing, the year that Billy Donovan won the most games in his coaching career, uh, it was not only him, but Monty Williams was his associate head coach. Oh, it was man, Monty. <laughs> <laughs> so not only did he have – two generational talents, but you also had a coach that it was eventually going to be coach of the year. Like, that's crazy. I'm sorry, Billy D. Monty won them games, baby. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't do that. That's, yeah, that's something I never really look at is who's who's this assistant head coach. And I didn't even look to see that. I was just yep. scrolling. I was like, wait a second. Monty Williams was the assistant head coach on that team? They yeah. Yeah, they had a squad, and I, and I think that that's the thing. Like, and it's fine being a coach that can manage superstar talent. I, I don't want to knock anybody for that because it's hard that's for some coaches. But we haven't really seen Billy Donovan have the type of success that I think the Bulls were hoping when they brought him in. When you didn't already have young players that were really developed and already superstars, and so when you come to this and you, you see him like heavily rely on on a Demar Derozan, heavily rely on Zach Levine, and they're kind of able to do their thing. It makes sense because that's always how Billy has found success at the NBA level. And you have these really, really flawed, not even star. They're definitely not superstars. Some would yeah. even say they're borderline stars at this point. It it all kind of makes sense into where we are with, with this bull season right now. So, like you said, unless they're going to change coaching, unless they're going to move DeMar, unless they're going to move Zach and look into doing something seriously to kind of change the makeup of this team, um, it's going to get to the point to where we're just – like right now, people saying tank. We we may not even have to tank this year for the number one pick if this team keeps playing this way. <laughs> and you know what's funny about that that whole situation? Like I can see, like if you look at the the construction of our team and you look mm -hmm. at what Denver was a few years ago, we may not have the generational talent in Jokic, but yeah. we have a very similar kind of setup to there. If you like, really look at it. And yeah. I mean, maybe if you squint, turn your cocky head sideways, right? But I mean, like, so, but I say all that to say, you know, you have to have a change of philosophy because I just saw Vooch put up a 2020 game. It lets me know he has a lot left in the tank. Mm -hmm. But Vooch is, is always, was last year, was statistically a top 10, top 11 big, both defensively and offensively. And you could correct yeah. me if I'm wrong on that one. Just how you play through it. Denver even gives you the blueprint. You can play through your big men and everyone still get their shots and eat. Yeah, like Jamal Murray still gets twenty plus points. Michael Porter Jr. ain't seen a shot. He ain't never. He ain't never seen a shot. He ain't like <laughs> that that is thing true. is in the air as soon as he touch it. Demar, yeah. if that's what you want to do, you can do it. It there's a way that that can exist, mm. but we just don't have that infrastructure here. But and I don't want to skip too far ahead into the next topic. But like realistically, outside of let's just remove coaching. What else would you say could salvage that so that we won't necessarily have to go into this whole divesting of assets and things of that nature if you want to make this team work i think you need one of two things you either need a point guard that is a true point guard in the sense that you could run the offense and half court offense because we even lonzo didn't run half court offense but i think that could help this team fit together a little bit better or to me you need a three or four depending on whatever you look at the, the, the roster that we have but you need 
that player who can also stretch for shoot some threes, but you can also do some playmaking through them and use kind of either the big, the four or the three position to kind of be the pivot point for the offense. I think those one of one of the either of those two things can help this team drastically. But again, those things aren't coming for cheap like that. That's a rarity in the NBA at this point in time. So you're still going to be giving up tons of assets to get that done. Maybe not the core of your team, but you're going to have to be giving up something valuable. Because of new landscape, I'm, this is like a hot take thing that most people going to kill me for. But, I mean, mm-hmm. it makes a lot of sense if you look at it. Because I saw this person get played like Ben Simmons the other day. Yeah. Uh, with James Harden going to, to the Clippers, I'd be trying my best to get Russ on the Bulls jersey. Oh, man. Now, you can yeah. tell me how. you Now, I know that there's some, some stipulations as to how that's possible. But they can't keep all them people. Russ is on a more than team-friendly deal, and I know he may not want to leave that, but his role is going to drastically change. They're going to play him yeah. to the left so hard. Like, I can – he would be a starting point guard here, no questions asked, and everyone would eat with him, simply just him being Russ because he ain't taking them shots. You can yeah. see it. They play so far back off of him. It's disrespectful, <laughs> but that's – it is what it is. That would, yeah. that, that, now, am I wrong? Or like, if, like, go ahead, kill me. Kill me on air. It's okay. <laughs> I think I think Russ, you, he also has familiarity with Billy Donovan, so that makes some sense exactly. there. I just think the money – it's not really that bad of money with Russ either. I just think the Bulls kind of missed that window because um, I think that, that, that maybe that should have been the target at last year's uh, buyout market, and then maybe you could have convinced him to come here. So I'm going to throw it back to you on this one. Do you think it was a bigger mistake not just keeping Pat Bev, who had the Bulls rocking and rolling to a degree? Was it perfect? No, but it was a point guard that, if you heard the recent clip, he more than than believes in Billy's system. And I think that that helped him run the system a little bit more because he does believe in Billy's system. Do you think the Bulls missed the opportunity in holding on to a point guard that was already here for 23 games and they moved on from him? Absolutely. I think anybody who's actually just watched it, that second half of Bulls basketball with Patrick Beverly versus what we have now and what what we had before, you could see the clear difference. You Mm. can see the difference in it. Zach Levine looked like a different player. Everyone looked different. And you had a vocal – you had a real floor general. No, he wasn't going to get you 20 points a night. That ain't his role. That ain't what we need. That ain't really what we want. I got three other people who could get buckets like that. I don't need them to do that. So, no, not only did they drop the ball – but I think Billy lost his biggest cheerleader in that respect because now I don't think anyone really bought into his system that same way. That's big facts there. Uh, we're going to end the show up next uh, asking which one of the Bulls has the most trade value if they were to go ahead and explore the trade value for everyone. Before we get into that, though, i got to talk to you guys about our sponsor, and that's FanDuel. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Speaking of your team, the Chicago Bulls are heading into the matchup against the Utah Jazz. Negative four underdogs in that matchup. So there you guys go. If you want to make a little money, you think the Bulls can pull out the victory, go ahead and bet on the Bulls there. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options include spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, America, sorry, FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. They changed that that part of the ad read, bro. It's been the same for literally six months. (laughs) And they changed it when it's autopilot there. All right, kid. Uh, Trade, talking a little bit about the Bulls maybe delaying the inevitable. So if they were to pivot right now, 
which players do you think could net the Bulls the most back um, on the trade market? Uh, honestly, I mean, obviously, Zach, realistically, mm-hmm. you look at what he can do, what his contract actually is and where the market is going. He comes in as a at a steal, realistically, because, I mean, you look at some of his contemporaries. I don't know why. I don't know how. But Jalen Brown got 300 million. <laughs> That's crazy. You can't tell me that Zach and, and Jalen Brown ain't on the same tier of player, if not Zach being better. So you look at, you know, just and I know everyone was tripping about paying Zach that money now. But now if you look at where the money is going, Zach is actually a bargain for some teams who are looking for his caliber of player. So not only would he net picks, I think he would net a, another young developing player and potential star as well. Like, let's let's not like, act like Zach ain't what, 20? What is he, 25 a game? Yeah, I think what, right around 23, 24, I think, at this point on the season. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, Zach definitely, yeah, uh, Zach is right now 22.3. Uh, but Zach definitely, I think, will get you the most back. He's still young enough, right? The teams yep. can convince themselves. You, we know that they hold the value high. We've definitely heard that they want two first-round picks, a young player, and a veteran to fill salary. So that gives you a nice, and if you make the right deal, it gives you a nice bit of assets to kind of start that, jumpstart that rebuild if you're going to go into that. Now, mm-hmm. I don't know if I trust... AK and Eversley may use Zach as that last trade chip. I think that they may try to move some other things first to see if they can find something to make around Zach work. But I mm-hmm. definitely agree with you. He has the highest. I would say probably next up after him, though, is Alice Caruso. How do you feel about Alice Caruso on the open market? Man, he has the highest plus minus on the team, if I'm not mistaken. At least yeah. one of a top two, if I'm not uh, last time I checked. Uh, what he does so much on the court, and he's just that he's just a really valuable asset. And I think contractually he doesn't he doesn't uh actually harm a lot of people's cap at that point either. I I see ex- I see exactly where you're going for that. I do believe yeah I do believe he has one of the highest plus minuses on our team for sure. Yeah, uh, for sure. He's defensively his... he is kind of locked down. So yeah, yeah, I can see it. I can see it. But what I'll be honest about? with you. Outside of him, uh-huh. obviously we go Demar expiring contract. So for, for sure, I think with the Demar. Because it's expiring, because he's a veteran, because he's over 34, he makes the most sense, right, to at least explore in the trade market first. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I know that we've heard, like, those contractors uh, talks may have stalled, things like that. And to me, if you give DeMar, and this is not a slight to who DeMar is as a person or what he's been as a player, hey, listen, mm-hmm. he just passed Larry Bird and Gary Payton on the all-time scoring list. Great career, That's great. right? Yeah. But if you give DeMar DeRozan a contract, that's just telling us you're doubling down further on mediocrity. Why why you got to do DeMar like that, bro? <laughs> because, because listen, it did, like like I, I said, De, DeMar he earned like DeMar deserves another contract. Do not get me wrong, but we are are talking about a team that has had a negative plus minus as a team with as him, team. Zach and Vooch on the court. Yeah. Yeah. No, so, I I agree. Like it's 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 it, it really just comes down to to the to the business aspect of it, right? This isn't a negative on Demar. Do I think that a, a better coach can probably make it work? I honestly think, and this will never happen, but I think if you move Demar to the bench, it changes a lot of things. Because so now you have a scorer off the bench with a mainly defensive unit, things like that. But it will never happen. It'll be such a slap in the face to Demar for this team, a two win team, to say, "Hey, we need you to come off the bench." You know what? I never did. I don't disagree with you because I I've said all off season. Uh, moving tomorrow would probably help these young players so much more because they can't rely on him to save them. Yeah, and I, I think that's something that mentally happens too much. 
uh, and some uh, there was an interview, a player interview. His name is slipping me. Where, where normally when you have that type of player on your team, people feel people people respond differently. But whereas mm-hmm. when they don't have that safety that safety net, they perform a, a lot better. Uh, and at the same time, we also have to have to be fair and understand that Demar does. I don't want to say hinder other players because they had opportunity. Like I'm not going to give Patrick Williams that excuse anymore. I can't do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. but realistically. In some respects, it it was something that took away shots from him. I have to be fair on that one. Uh, I think in some cases it did hinder Zach from being that guy because mm-hmm. a lot of these late-game situations that we want Zach to have, Jamar's been the guy closing it. But, For sure. You know, and, and so, like, it's unfair because I think realistically Jamar is only in that position to actually close out those games because he has the ability and Zach ain't did it. And Patrick Williams is passing up them shots. But at the yeah. same time, you can't deny the fact that, oh, because you're there and you have this reputation and because you have the ability, we don't develop these other players in that way. I, I don't want to seem like I'm talking in circles, but like realistically, like it kind of it's like that. Um, it's that that that, that double edged sword right there by having them there. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, he's 35. Yeah, I'm 34. I think he'll turn 35 at the end of the season. So you're not going to have a long term solution with him. I don't think he's going to have a LeBron James career. Yeah. At this point, he's kind of served his purpose for the Chicago Bulls. And I hate to say it like he's expendable because really he's like, I would argue he's our best player. Mm-hmm. Um, it's weird, man. But I'm with you on the fact that moving him now to a team that can that's absolutely has championship, you know, hopes could get us something. I just don't know what his trade value would be. I don't know what you would get back for, for him. Like, are you getting a first round pick for him? I mean, I don't think you get a first-round pick and a young player. I think you got to pick your poison on that one. So if you have a team that is trying, that is near championship level, but they they have maybe a, a young piece that plays for them, but of course, Demar mm-hmm. will be a little bit more. Maybe maybe you can get that, but I don't think you get that and a first-round pick for Demar at this point because he's also a free agent. If he had like another year or two on his contract, maybe then you can try to work, but they almost have to immediately work on paying him right afterwards. So that may limit what you can get back as assets. I always look at Demar as someone who's just in a Lakers jersey waiting to happen. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's where he wanted to be. I, I just, I can see him in the Lakers jersey tomorrow, and it'd be like, yeah. yeah, that made sense. Like, like, uh, but yeah. So, I, I mean, I'm with you on the simple fact that Zach will be one of our highest trade values. I think that ultimately, you know, one of those three are not going to be here. Zach, Alex Caruso, I can see being moved. I can mm-hmm. even see DeMar being moved. I don't see Vooch being moved. I don't think he has a market as high. Um, I could be wrong, though. Um, somebody else. I think Patrick Williams could be moved. Io could be moved, realistically. I think Io's Io's, well in his I, limited I, role. Yeah, I listed Io as a, as a sneaky trade candidate because he's looking pretty good coming off the bench. And for uh, if you want to move him, get draft assets, a team may really look at Io at this point and say, hey, he's young enough. There's enough still there that we think we can develop and they believe that Io could be on the move. I gotta put I gotta put you on the spot. Mm-hmm. So let's say Zach gets moved. High take, where's he moving? Where they where's he getting man? Moved? That's a great question. Don't try to end the episode before before you answer it either. I know nah, <laughs> I would say this is that I I would look at a team like Miami to make a heavy push for Zach Levine. I don't know if we if I necessarily like what they have to offer back. But I think a team like Miami would definitely make a hard push for Zach Levine. Um, 
We already heard the rumors about Philly, but then we heard that the Bulls don't necessarily like what Philly has to offer as far as assets. And then the Knicks, keep in mind, the Knicks have already been circling Zach Levine for about a yeah. year. I think that's another team could do could, could look, and they have a bevy. Like, I looked at it. Over the next, like, three years or something like that, they have, like, six to seven first-round picks. It's crazy. Hey, it's wild because I, I used to clown them and all the mm -hmm. moves they made. Now I'm not clowning them as much. It's like, oh, y'all kind of did that right. <laughs> so, yeah, like, yeah. They kind of set themselves up. You, so you kind of set yourself up right there. I honestly thought the Philly thing was gonna was gonna take fruition. Like I really saw I really saw that simply because the one thing they're missing is Tobias Harris is not Zach, but he kind of yeah. makes Zach money. Mm -hmm. And Tobias Harris would actually fit in a Bulls jersey with what we <sighs> have. I hate so that you're you right gotta admit that. he would fit in the bullshit. I hate that you're right about that. Cause like I and that, and I don't want to knock that Tobias Harris isn't a bad player at all. Like I do, I don't want to knock Tobias Harris or act like I'm crapping on him. The dude averages 20 points per game on like 70% shooting. It's crazy. Like Tobias Harris is an efficient scorer. Like it's crazy how efficient he is. But it's, it's like, like third option. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that and but that is the type of move that we'll see. And it'd be like, hey, we got Tobias. We got two first round picks, too. But now Tobias gets to have 25 shots on this team for the next two years. There you go. All right, man. Thank you, AK. <laughs> hey, I think it would be good. Can you imagine that lineup? Maybe a, maybe a IO or Kobe White. Uh, Demar at the two, Tobias Harris at the three. <laughs> I don't know. May throw P. Will in if he's still here. They probably include him with a bag of chips for some type of deal. And, and then Vooch. I mean, like it don't sound the sexiest, but like you can't tell me that ain't a lot of good mid range game being played, and probably <laughs> a lot of good high scoring games as well. <laughs> Tobias Harris as a third option is like like you said, twenty yeah. points a game, seventy percent shooting. He's everything you wanted Chris Middleton to be. He's just not that mid. <laughs> hey facts are facts on that one man before we go i'm just gonna throw this quick one to you do the bulls make a major trade by this trade deadline i think they have to you think they have to i think they yeah have to. i think like, i think it's, it's shaping just, up it that way what it is i hate to say it i don't know exactly who i think it's you you've pigeonholed yourself at this point and all the speculation that we've said earlier this episode means absolutely nothing because at the end of the day you're keeping billy donovan you're going to make some moves to get him something that he can actually coach up. There you go. Kid, well, thank you for joining, man. Go and give the people your social media so we can get up out of here. Hey, man, listen, Hayes, I appreciate you having me on Locked On. Anytime. As you all know, Windy City Breeze, you catch us over there. You actually see me here at P-Kid on, on, on well, I was about to say Twitter. I guess it's X now. That sounds so weird to say. <laughs> <laughs> but again, man, Bear Dow, C-Red Nation, all that joint. You, you know what we do in the Windy City Breeze. We all Chicago sports, so we appreciate y'all support over there as well. Absolutely. Y'all make sure y'all go over there and check out and support them. Make sure you guys are following us as well over at Locked on Bulls. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns. Locked on Bulls at gmail.com, man. For P Kid and Pat the Designer. Y'all send well wishes to Pat the Designer over there kicking it in the DR, getting that tan. We'll see Pat when he gets back, man. We appreciate you guys so much, and we'll see you guys tomorrow, y'all. Peace. Peace.